$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. They were not going to make me look better than Ryan this season. And I'm not out here to look better than Ryan, but if Ryan don't look good, I look worse. So we already starting off kind of bad, okay? Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Charmaine Bay right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. So look, if you haven't heard, (laughs) I have a late-night talk show coming to own. The show is called The Nightcap with Carlos King. So look, for all of my reality lovers, It's a one-stop shop for fun, for shade, for games, conversation, spilling the tea, pouring the tea, wiping the tea, laying in the tea, honey. This talk show is going to be many things. So if you're enjoying my podcast, this talk show is the next level to getting some exclusive conversations that you're not going to get anywhere else. So today's guest on Reality with the King is someone that I consider to be the face of Black Ink Crew Chicago, Charmaine Bay. Let me tell y'all something, honey. I love me some Charmaine Bay. She is the star of the show, and she's so fun. She's so beautiful. She caught my attention the moment I started watching that show. And as a reality TV producer, I know a star when I see one. And I was so drawn into her and everything that she had going on because Charmaine came across so real, so genuine, and so authentic. Honey, that is until I started watching season two, episode one. And this woman who was naturally funny, I saw a change in her. She became what most reality stars become their second season, which is an over-the-top caricature of themselves. And it turned me off so much that I actually stopped watching Black Ink Crew Chicago. Recently, Charmaine took to Instagram to announce that she had walked away from the show. She said, and I quote, I quit the TV show Black Ink Crew. I'm no longer working with TV tattoo artists, unfollowed any phony person I used to deal with from the show, hired all dope artists who represent Chicago. And my haters will say, 
my shop isn't legit. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Hating on me would not get you a bigger bag, and it certainly would not stop my success. The worst ones are the ones who say they love you to your face, but they hate you deep down inside. When I saw her announcement, I immediately reached out to Charmaine. I slid in her DMs, because yes, even the king of reality TV slides in DMs, child, just for reality stars. That's it. So I invited her to come on the podcast to share her exclusive story on why she left the show. And I'm so happy that she agreed to do it. And we had a wonderful conversation. So let's get right into it. Charmaine, why did you quit Black Ink Crew? You know, Black Ink Crew, let me just start off, was a blessing. You know, a blessing in disguise. We started off as a tight-knit, close group of friends. Um, Ryan owned a tattoo shop, Nine Mag. You know, I was the manager, free spirit, bubbly, so much fun. Things were really organic in the beginning. And I could, like, be myself. I could be free. And it was cool. But over time, things got more produced. Um, editing got more, like, weird. And at some point in my career over the last seven years, because I've been on that show for seven years, uh, I started to excel, I believe, above the show. You know, I also have my own radio show for iHeartRadio, and I do all these other things. I have a tattoo shop myself now. And at some point, I believe that I became bigger than the show. So season seven, everything was good. I always, I'm an open book. So when things are going on in my life, I make sure the producers are there. When my mother, when I found out she was in the hospital, she had a heart attack. The reason why people saw my first reaction to when I found out she died, because I let a producer in my home. Um, When my father came dying of cancer, the last thing he wanted to do was be on TV. But I also know that this is a part of my job to be open to my fans. So like, you know, dad, please, you know, like, please just do this for me. It, it, I, I understand I'm here to hold your hand, but I have a job to tell my story. And this is a part of it right now because you're living with me. So I always did everything I could to make sure that they were included and involved. Season 7A, because now we're on, well, they're on season 7B right now. Mm-hmm. And, and let me explain to the audience, too. So when networks title a season with a alphabet, <laughs> right? Right. So when, when Charmaine is saying season 7A um, is what she filmed and how the show is now filming season 7B, what that means is a network will pick up a season for the whole year, but they'll chop it in half. So, for example, when you watch Housewives and it's like season 7, that's filmed for like four months, right? Right, And then they wait a whole year to film another season. Networks nowadays are dividing it within two seasons because you pretty much shoot all year round. Yeah, we shoot all year round. And season 7A, it just became very apparent that I was, there was a huge target on my back. Um, there was a situation... Well, one, one thing that I realized is they were not going to make me look better than Ryan this season. And I'm not out here to look better than Ryan, but if Ryan don't look good, I look worse. So we already starting off kind of bad, okay? 
Secondly, so many things happened. Uh, there was a situation where I didn't want this girl to work in my shop because she was sleeping with my friend's boyfriend and her, the boyfriend worked in my shop as well. Next thing I know, that's why I didn't want her working there. Next thing I know, there is a colorism storyline. She's brown skin. And at the convention, we went to a tattoo convention. At the convention, she came to the convention yelling, screaming, hooting, hollering, pointing, rah, rah, rah. So I said, look, girl, if you want to act all ghetto fabulous, you could go do that elsewhere, but don't do it in front of my booth at the convention. They edited out, took out her acting all crazy, put in the parts where she's acting calm and talking normal, but kept me saying, if you want to act all ghetto fabulous. And mind you, mind you I'm light-skinned. This is a brown girl. Next thing I know, she's having a scene crying about protecting Black women. I'm not in that scene. This is things that are unbeknownst to me. I am not, I had no idea until I was watching it on TV with the rest of the world. She's crying about protecting Black women. And then she goes to an interview. And I know what a network interview bite looks like versus something that just might come out of my mouth naturally. It was a network interview bite where she's explaining what colorism is. And that was the, no matter what how hard it is sometimes to film and how hard it is to get through it and the things that they edit and all of that you know it's like okay this is a part of my job I signed up for this but that is when I knew that I'm in a very dangerous situation with Viacom like this is absolutely insane you know what I'm saying so that was the and for me I'm pregnant my father just died of cancer I just lost my mom I was pregnant when I lost my mom I'm like, why are y'all doing this to me? We didn't have to do this. You know, this was uncalled for. And that's just when I felt like all money is not good money. There was no amount of money that they could come back with to say, hey, can we fix this? Which they tried to do. Can we fix it? And I was like, no, we can't fix it, you know, because this isn't going good for me. I've done seven years. I'm not benefiting from the show anymore. I actually lost 3,000 followers. Uh, my last season, I lost 3,000 followers. Why? I mean, come on. People were like, oh, my God, you called a, 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 a black girl's ghetto, you know? like." Oh, uh, okay. Because you felt like they played into the storyline, unbeknownst to you, that this um, brown-skinned girl felt that um, colorism was an issue between the two of you. And because they edited out um, moments that led up to you calling her that, you felt that it was dangerous. there was a target on your back and the fans felt that light-skinned privilege, light-skinned women, they looked down on their chocolate sisters and you felt that was the case and the audience apparently thought that was the case and you lost followers because of it. Yeah, well, luckily it didn't like stick because a lot of people was like, come on, Charmaine's not a colorist. Like my husband is dark-skinned. My grandmother, my father, my godmother, her nickname is Chocolate. I mean, I was so offended by it, especially because at the time I was pregnant. And like I said, my husband is Haitian. So I could have easily a dark-skinned baby. And I'm going to have to explain this to my child. Like, oh, I'm, I'm getting the goosebumps even talking about it. It just was so hurtful. I was just distraught. Okay, I mean, come on, like, like I mentioned earlier, I went to Howard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm with my brothers and sisters. I'm not looking, don't get me wrong, colorism is definitely a thing and an issue. Absolutely, it is. But I'm not looking at color 
when I want to work with someone or when I want to be friends with someone or when I want to love someone, that is not who I am. And DH1 went and hired this whole uh, team of, of Black activist people to talk about social issues that's going on in the Black community for TV, for put it in storyline. So they used me and basically used two Black women to talk about social Black issues. So I said, you know what, this is dangerous, and I am absolutely not doing this anymore. And for me, the reason why I was so hurt, because I was their most loyal. I show up on time. I, I come and get the job done. What are we doing today? Oh, we got to turn up? Well, I'm going to turn up. And anybody that's connected to me, they're going to turn up too. If my tattoo shop is there. I'm telling them, y'all, we're filming a TV show. So make sure you bring your best. Like, you know, if you need to take a shot, go ahead, do it. Loosen up. You're going to be okay. You know, I have producer credit this last season because I come correct. And it just wasn't what I expected. You felt disrespected and targeted. And, and so that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Because you felt they, at that point, your career that you built for the past seven years was going to be affected by this. So was this a situation where you spoke to the network about quitting? Was it a mutual decision? How did that come about? I um, definitely reached out to my team. I couldn't talk to the network. I would cry so hard. Like I cried harder about this than I cried dealing with my father and his cancer. Like it was similar to when I found out my dad had cancer, the way that I cried about this. I just felt like they stabbed me in the back. Like, why me? You know, I'm your, I'm the one that does everything for you guys. Like I am the most respectful, you know, you got cast members that are going to go off on producers, you know, say you ain't shit. I hate you. I hate this. F this. I'm leaving, yanking off their mic. I ain't doing none of that. I'm going to be Charmaine 24 seven. And I just did not understand why me. And for me, it's when I went to my team about this, I was so distraught about it. And I could feel the energy in my stomach. And I'm pregnant. I could feel, I felt it. And I was just like, you know, this is toxic. This is dangerous. So I couldn't talk to the network directly. I had to have my team deal with them. And um, I tried to come back and I tried to continue. I filmed one scene for 7B um, where they shined a good light. You know, they were really like, oh, we're so sorry. Like, we didn't see a colorism issue. Like, oh, you know, it was just for Twitter conversation, you know. And I really felt like it was important at this point at 7B when I came, you know, back to film. I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for my tattoo shop. I have these new artists that work at my shop. I wanted to put them on. So that's what I was doing it for. And as I was sitting there, I felt so uncomfortable. Like I can't, I had to watch everything that I said. Mm. But then I realized it's not even about what you say. It don't even matter what you say. They are going to do what they want to do in post, in editing. They're going to do whatever they want to do. And I just felt like, you know what, for my mental health, like my mental health was very much very affected. I, I, the way that I, how I, how emotional I was about this, this was, you know, it was just insane. And I had to look out for my mental health. I had to look out for my pregnancy. I had just lost my father. I'm still mourning my mother. So, you know, I, I, I couldn't even be a mom to my, my one-year-old at the time. 
because I was so distraught over this and I'm pregnant and I couldn't play with her. I couldn't, you know, be happy and just be normal. I was crying all the time. So I just was like, you know what? This is not good for me. No amount of money is worth what I'm going through right now. No, no. Listen, no amount of money is worth your mental health. Right. The beauty of, of social media, they're highlighted Black people dealing with mental health and not being afraid to talk about that. When you say your mental health, do you mean you fell into depression? Like, talk to me about what that did for you dealing with this situation. I was extremely depressed. Now, mind you, I was already dealing with so much on my back personally um, when it came to the loss of my parents and stuff. So I was already dealing with that. I felt like this was uncalled for. And speaking of social media, social media does have a beauty to it. But when something like that plays on TV, people are coming at you left and right. And they're going to remind you of why all the reasons why they do not fuck with you. Okay. They bringing up, I ain't even, man, they knew my history on the show more than I knew my history. I was like, Oh, that did happen. Like, you know, and, and I think a, a big part of why I was so upset too is all the things that these people are listing about me. Charmaine, you didn't slept with everybody in the shop. Like that's not true. I slept with one person in the shop. Um, you know who was the girl? Was it Ryan? No. Uh, oh, okay. Season one, it, it was Don. You know. It was, it oh, was, I remember yeah, that yeah, was remember Don. That? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. that was like the highlight of the show back then. You know, it was. That's when I was watching it, Charmaine. <laughs> and guess what, sis? What? I don't blame you. You crazy. <laughs> you are crazy. You know, I, Ooh, I oh, honestly Jesus. can't even remember. I, I can't remember. I can't, honey. Yes. <laughs> can't remember. I wasn't mad at that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, people are telling me left and right what I done did, how I'm a hoe and, you know, how I'm a bad business owner. Mind you, VH1 never played my multi-million dollar business, Baymoss. They never, they were not interested in playing that. They're only showing me be a bad business owner, quote unquote, in the tattoo space. So now I'm a bad business owner in general you know, to these people and just all of these things and the way the network, the stab in the back and what was going to forever be on TV, you know, even the, the girl that did this, when Big Fish, who was a production company at the time, when they came to me and I said, you know, these are the people that we would like to be in your shop. I didn't have any brown skin girls. I said, I need a brown skin girl. You know, I need, that's what I need. That's what we want to see. So they went and found this brown skin girl. And now she's talking about colorism on me. And I'm, the, I'm like, girl, I gave you the opportunity. So it was just like depressing all the way around. I, I, I felt very misunderstood um, to people who don't know me, you know? Right. And, 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 and people who don't know. So um, you're saying the production company provided a cast around you to make it appear that they worked at this shop. And this is the reason why a lot of people always ask me, is reality fake? Is it real? And I'm always like, I can only speak on the shows I produce. It's real. And listen, your actions are real. But what you're talking about is very interesting because you're saying that um, you have this tattoo shop and the producer said, well, we're going to cast the people to work here so they can make good TV. Not necessarily these people are on your payroll. Exactly. Gotcha. So that's why it was so easy to manipulate these people to even do a storyline like that against me. Because you weren't their real boss. I'm not. I wasn't their real boss. Yeah. yeah. 
Stay tuned for more of my conversation with Charmaine Bay. We'll be right back after some quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Charmaine Bay. When I watched season one of Black Ink Crew, I remember tweeting about it. And I remember letting the audience know, like, yo, I love Black Ink Crew. I especially loved you because you're such a star and you were a breath of fresh air. Thank you. And I was down for season one, baby. I was down for Don and Ashley and Charmaine Triangle. I was down for Ryan trying to uplift his community. Mm -hmm. I thought that season had so much momentum. Until I watch season two, mm-hmm. episode one. And I'm going to keep it real with you, Charmaine. I will never forget. The show opened up and Charmaine, you came into that shop <laughs> like on 100. And you know what? That was my job. So let me tell you. Season one, I thought was so real. So, so honest. So organic. Season two, you came in a shop on 100. And I was like, why is Charmaine? Doing the most. She is doing the absolute most. Like, is this the season two thing? Because, you know, reality stars after season one, we call it the season two glow up. Mm-hmm. Like, you you see how you look on TV or how you act on TV. And you, you sort of take on this character that yes. you think people like. Yes. And I was like, I really hope Charmaine isn't going to be like a caricature of herself because she's bomb. Right. And I watched all of season two and it became more violent than I wanted it to be. Yeah. And I felt that although altercations happened season one, to me, it was rooted in a real place. But I felt that season two was on 10. So talk to me about what did you sign up for and what did the show end up being or becoming? So season one was so organic. We were a group of friends that hung out every day till two, three in the morning, drinking Tennessee, smoking weed, you know, doing what we wanted to do with each other. Those, you know, having fun at the shop. And that's why season one was so organic because they literally just put the cameras up and watched us do us. Season two, and and it's so funny because I never spoke with like a producer in an interview setting um, about this, but for you to see that, but I do talk about it all the time. A lot of the pressure was put on me to, it was like, okay, Charmaine is our star. You're the star of the show. That's why I don't understand. Listen, I, and I want people to know I'm not mean-spirited. So when I say this, I'm being honest. I never understood why they tried to make Ryan the face of the show when to me, it was like, this is Charmaine's show. Well, Ryan owned the shop at the time and he was the reason why, you know, his baby mom, Rachel, has a son with Jeremiah. VH1 bought the show kind of around that aspect. But when we started filming season one, Rachel pulled out. Rachel did the pilot with us, but then you didn't see her for the rest of season one. So you see her the first episode because that was the pilot. And then episode two was actually shot like nine months later. Um, and she decided not, that she didn't want to move forward with Black Ink. And VH1 was like, you know what? We bought the show already with this idea, but we're going to continue to fuck with it because we got this crazy girl, Charmaine, and we just going to see where that goes. So season one was super organic, and I got to be me, free-spirited, fun, happy, funny, drunk, you know, whatever I wanted to be. Season two, it was like, okay, Charmaine, you're our star. So the whole show is on your back. 
Okay, moving forward. Okay, the whole show's on your back. Everybody else, you know, Ryan kind of just kind of played in the background a little bit. Um, a lot of the drama was still with me, Don, and Ashley. Uh, ben was still kind of finding himself and for had the music thing going, but still not really like in the forefront. So it was like, Charmaine, we need you to go. Like, Charmaine, the guys are in the shop right now and they are so dull. So when you go in there, we need you to bring the energy out. We need you to, oh. so that, that's, I mean, I'm so good at that. I can do that. I mean, I, I can do whatever. That's why you came in on 10 and you scared me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's why. But let me tell you, uh-huh. that happened for a few seasons, right? I know. I stopped watching. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. Season two was still good. So I still watched season two. But I remember the first episode, like, damn, she's coming on strong, but... <laughs> I, I kind of knew, like, mm, is this someone in her ear or whatever? Yeah. And then season three, I still watch because I'm telling you, I love the show. Season three is when it was like a fight every episode. I and know. I was like, y'all, I got to bow out. So like, violent. So violent. It was when, I think, when Ryan punched the producer. Oh, yeah. We were on a beach on an island. Yeah. And I was like, this ain't my, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. I mean, it definitely got uh, really crazy. And it was a, definitely, I mean, that was the nature of Black Ink at the time. I feel like that's why people were watching. They wanted to see those fights. You know, I can't even blame production or anything like that. Like, that was the nature of our viewers. Yeah. And listen, this, I mean, obviously, I'm a producer. So, I'm, of course, I'm not blaming network producers, nobody. Right. As an adult, you're responsible for your own actions. So me saying that was more so of, I watched Black Ink as a viewer, not as a reality producer. And I fell in love with the conceit of the show being these entrepreneurial Black people in Chicago at the height of the city being known for its crime. And Obama's from Chicago, but he's now in office. And what that means to this city, I bought into that concept. And for me, it just became something where... Every episode was a fight. And and it was definitely sometimes a pressure to, like, turn up and fight. Like, some fights were fabricated. You know what I mean? You could tell what was real and what wasn't. You know, some things that weren't real didn't make it because it was too bad. It was too fake. But, um... Like wrestling. (laughs) Like like wrestling, (laughs) yes. You know, going back to me being, like, this character, it's so funny because by season... Four, going into like season five, I started getting those talks like, okay, so we know we made you this character and we know that that's our fault, but we need you to come out of that. And it actually took me some time to even untrain my mind to come out of being a character, to come out of coming in on 10, like just walk in normally, say, hey, normally, like, hey, y'all. Like, I'm, I'm so used to coming in, like, what's up? It's your girl Charmaine, hey, hey, you know, just to having to figure out how to just walk in just normal, be, be yourself, be normal. And they knew that they, they created that, you know, but now then it was time for me to fall out of that because, of course, you know, they'd be having these, um, what are those things called when a group of people watch and they, they give you their little notes? The focus group. The focus group. I'm sure the focus group came back, like, that may calm down now, you know, but, um, you know, it took some time. Definitely. What is your relationship like now with Ryan? First and foremost, always respected Ryan, because if it wasn't for Ryan, 
I would have never even been on this platform. You know, he is the owner of Nine Mag, and Nine Mag is the reason why they bought the show. Like the the reason why we got a show, the reason why the opportunity was there. I was the girl that Ryan said, well. When the network said, well, we need some more girls, he said, well, let me let me bring Charmaine through, you know. So I would have never been, had this opportunity without Ryan. But again, over time, things definitely became more about, I guess, maybe me. I became successful. I, you know, work, I worked very hard. It's not like I just became successful. Like, I worked so hard. Like, so many people are on this platform, and they ain't got shit just like they didn't have shit before the platform. Yeah. So I definitely took the opportunity with the platform because I knew it wasn't going to be here forever to, you know, make it do what it do. But at some point, Ryan and I split ways when it comes to tattoo shops. I have my shop, Second City Inc. Ryan has his shop, Nine Mag. And we still try to like be friends. Um, we, we beef every now and then. But when my mom died, I became cool with Ryan again because my mother loved Ryan. And that was kind of like, something she always spoke about. Like, she just, please be cool with Ryan. Please don't argue with Ryan. Like, you and Ryan, y'all gonna be good, you know? So uh, I knew that was so important to her and he knew that too. So we became friends again and like, just put it all beef aside when my mom died. And I really like held that close to my heart and felt that, you know, we, we both are walking a new path with each other. But Season 7A, let me tell you, sometimes some people, they have issues when other people shine a little bit more than they shine, okay? And he is one of those people. And I love Ryan. Don't get me wrong. I love Ryan, but I know Ryan. And that's what I was telling him yesterday. I know you. So don't act like these things did not happen. So season seven, I'm hearing all kinds of things. Yes, producers can be messy. We all know that. But I'm hearing things, um, and it all started when he saw that I got a producer credit along with his producer credit. So he was mad. So are you and Ryan the only cast members who get a producer credit? Yes. Oh. And he was mad when he saw that I had a producer credit. He was told that I wasn't going to have one. So my thing is, why are you asking about me, though? Why are you worried about me getting a producer credit? Why are you not just focused on your producer credit? You know, I didn't ask for a producer credit. They called me and asked me if I wanted one. So I, I let him know that too. But, you know, it all started with a producer credit. So when I got this producer credit, his energy kind of switched up a little bit, but not to my face. What I'm hearing about him behind the scenes, there's a scene or a situation where they cut one of his scenes to put one of my scenes in. And he did a lot of preparing for this scene that they cut. So he had every right to be frustrated. But he, behind the scenes, having a temper tantrum, because we know Ryan, having a temper tantrum, talking about why, why things always got to go back to this bitch. So I'm like, I actually cried. Oh. I actually cried when I heard that, because I'm like, oh, I'm a bitch. And I know him. And that's how he speaks. So I don't say anything about it. I actually play nice. And I just charge it to the game because I know how Ryan is. And I know he's dealt with a lot of trauma in his life, you know? And I ain't going to make everything an issue. So I charge it to the game. I never said anything about it. But now I've quit the show. Now I'm not even on the show. I'm not even a part of it. And I get something sent to me where Ryan puts some fire emojis in a comment. Someone says, Second City Inc. is fire. Like my tattoo shop. Mm -hmm. Second City Ink Fire. He said, psych. 
So I put him on blast, you know, wrote that long comment. I did the little reel. Um, you know, why you, why, how you mad at me? Cause I'm like, you obviously got an issue with me. Like, how are you mad at me for me being mad at you? I, I, I recently, before that, I skipped apart. I unfollowed Ryan on Instagram and I announced that I quit the show and I did sneak this him in the comment. I said, I unfollowed any phony person I used to follow from Black Ink because I was getting messages still from people mm-hmm. that he hates my success. He hates just everything that I, you know. Do you think, um, do you think Ryan's jealous of you? I do think Ryan is jealous of me, but I think Ryan can't help it. He can't help it. He's not purposely jealous of me. He just, we're on the same platform. So I'm not supposed to have more than him because this was his opportunity. So me having a tattoo shop, it's like, she now she on the same level as me. Me getting the producer credit, now she on the same level as me. You know? And it's like, now that's, I get that's it. not what it's about. There's enough room for all of us to eat here. I was so fed up and I took the opportunity to address it online. Ryan um, ended up deleting all his comments that he left, but then he hit me up. He apologized to my husband. He, he texted him. He um, texted me and we talked. We were texting until like 10 o'clock last night. There is okay. no beef with Ryan and I, but I am no longer going to allow toxic people in my life. And I love Ryan because we have so much history. But I, the problem is I know him like the back of my hand. So while he's sitting here where I'm telling him, you know, I heard this, that you're saying this about me, that you're saying that about me, that you're saying you calling me bitch, you're saying this. And he's like, first, he's denying it all. And then by 10 o'clock, he like, oh, you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about. I did say that. You know, he was trying to explain it in a very logical, like he was being logical in the time that these things were happening. But I'm like, Ryan, you know, I know you, right? You know, I know that you have any temper tantrums and meltdowns. So he has a lot to work on with himself. And I hope that he gets whatever help he needs to get. But I told him, keep my name out your mouth and you will never have to worry about me saying anything about you. Do you have any regrets doing the show? No, not at all. Like, I actually cried when it was finalized that I'm not on the show. And it was because it was like a, a breakup, you know? I, this this is a huge part of me. Black and Crew Chicago, I mean, when I'm walking down the street, now people say like, oh, I I'm, I took some Baymoss, you know, my company, CMOS, they they taking my CMOS. Or they'd be like, girl, I love you on the radio. But before all of that, it was, girl, you be turning up on Black Ink. I watch because of you. You be twerking and da 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 da. You know, they be telling me the whole rundown. So it hurts because I, I really am very much connected to my fans. And me not being able to connect with them in that way anymore, it hurts. You know, it's not what I wanted. I didn't want to quit Black Ink Chicago, but I had to because it wasn't going, it was not benefiting me and it wasn't going in a good direction. So it's like, girl, you better get out before they do some other shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, before they really fuck your life up. It hurts. You know, I love everything. I love where, where I came from. I love the glow up that I had. If it wasn't for the show, I wouldn't be on the radio. I can look back forever and see my mom and our relationship and her mannerisms and her voice and just 
such great moments of my life. So I am forever grateful, you know, but it's just not going to work no more. <laughs> Is there any chance you would ever consider going back to the show? No, I will not be. Really, girl? No, I'm not interested. It's not my type of show anymore. It's not my, I've grown. I, I'm, I'm, I've grown from that. You know, I don't want to feel like people are always trying to make me seem less than what I am. Charmaine, I want to just encourage you because listen, one of the, the things about me being in this space is the fact that I am here to encourage people who look like you, who look like me, right? You know what I mean when I say that? Black people yeah. in reality TV because trust me, I know that it is a very tough position to be in. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that a Black reality star have to deal with that their white counterparts would never understand. Right. You know, people want to put the weight of Chicago on your back. People want to say you represent all Black women. You know, even the idea of having to deal with colorism, like, oh, you represent all light-skinned women and how they interact with a, with a darker-skinned girl. You know, there's so much pressure that it takes being a Black reality star that, for me, I wanted you to hear out of my mouth that I'm here for you, I support you, and you are such a fantastic reality star that I don't want the one experience that you had to negate two things. A, the beauty that you were able to deliver on the show, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's why I appreciate you giving the show its flowers for saying... I have these great memories that you will always hold and cherish. And secondly, I, I don't want you to give up on continuing on reality TV. But I do want to ask you, like, are you done with reality TV? Are you, like, what's next for you? So I, it's so funny because I saw your uh, trailer with Monique and the, the thing that she said, she has reality TV PTSD. And that is something that I've been telling the network, my lawyers, everybody. Like, I got PTSD. I can't be around no camera, you know, da, da 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 I will say that because I know the nature of what I was dealing with, I know that that isn't for me. But I do want to connect with my fans. Like, I, this is what I did for seven years. I didn't want to stop. I would love to continue to be on reality TV. And I would have, I would have loved to continue to be on Black Ink if we could find a middle ground, you know, if it, if it didn't get so dangerous for me. But absolutely, I, I hope that the opportunity comes to me to continue to do reality TV and to continue to connect with the fans. Because, I mean, when I tell you, even me announcing that I quit Black Ink, I've gotten so much support. You know, I feel like I have so much story to tell. You know, I'm on the radio every day. I'm a mama too. I have my loving husband. We have businesses. You know, we have family situations going on. And I am an open book. I am an easy person to connect with, to have fun with. I'm not no hating ass female that is hard to get along with other females and has an issue with, you know, a female that might be higher than her or bringing somebody down to be lower than me. Like, that's not me. So I would love to continue to be on reality TV if the right opportunity presents itself. But that opportunity definitely is not going to be Black Ink. That ship has sailed. 
And, you know, I appreciate what it did for me. And, you know, I do love watching seasons one through four. <laughs> that was great, but it's just not something that I would go back to. Well, listen, I want you to know I'm here for you. Thanks. Carla. And I really do appreciate you taking time out of your busy day, being a mom of two, yes. to talk to me. And where can people like continue to follow you? Um, connect with you and all the businesses and stuff you have going on. Tell the tell the people, child. So follow me on the gram at Charmaine Bay, B-E-Y. You can catch me on iHeartRadio, WDCI. I am the midday host, 107.5 every day from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, you know, everybody out there taking the CMOS, we got all the CMOS products from Soap, to obviously sea moss, uh, skin products, everything. So check that out, baymoss.com. And yeah. <laughs> so look, I really enjoyed this conversation with Charmaine. One thing about this podcast, guys, is you are going to get the exclusive, but you're also going to get it in a very deeper, meaningful way. One thing about reality TV is it can produce some great people, but it also can make people feel like they have to be a certain way. And as you're watching where reality TV is going, on some shows, people are becoming way too over the top because they feel like that's what they have to be in order to stay on the show. So I really appreciated Charmaine's honesty about recognizing that she was turning into someone she didn't like anymore and in order for her to save her sanity, she had to remove herself from a situation in order to be a better wife and a better mother to her child. I salute you, Charmaine. This is not the end of you. And my hope is that everybody who listened to this can now have a better understanding of you and the future that I'm pretty sure will be just as bright as it was when she walked into our lives on Black Ink Crew Chicago. Thoughts? Opinions? Reads about my conversation with Charmaine? Email me at realitywiththeking at stitcher.com or leave me a voicemail at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, engineering and music by Marcus Ham. More sauce.